So how do we clear our minds during times of stress? Hello, my name is Chester Elton, and with me is my dear friend and co-author, Adrian Gostick. Oh, thanks, Chess. Yeah, our guest today says head trash shapes our reality, sucks our energy, and shifts our focus from inner peace to worry and fear. So today, we're going to learn how to dump our head trash and change our lives. As always, we hope the time you spend with us will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work and in your personal life. And with us is our new friend, Rini Cavallari, founder of the RCI Institute and the founder and CEO and chief in... <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got to do this again. Instigator. <laughs> Instigator. You know, I got stuck on yeah. that for some reason. And with us is our new friend, Rini Cavallari, uh, founder of the RCI Institute and the founder, CEO, and chief instigator of Aspire. She is also the author of the bestseller, Head Trash, the leading killer of human potential. As we'll learn, head trash is the anxiety-inducing, energy-sucking mindset that clouds and breaks down our real potential. Rini, we are delighted to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, Rini, you got to start by helping us understand this term of head trash and (laughs) perhaps most importantly, how we go dumping all the bad stuff that's in our brains. Yeah, that's a big question right there, Adrian. So head trash are those little nasty voices that they mess with us. And, you know, like maybe they keep you up at night or they wake you up at night. Uh, Sometimes it's in the middle of the day. Someone could cut you off and you just weren't in the mood for it. And that all those little voices take over and they really do a number on us. And so I always say that, you know, we, we talk about mindset and positivity But really, the thing that's shaping the quality of our life is how we learn to manage and dump our head trash, because it's that disconnected side of your emotional brain. And that's what we really identified through the RCI Institute, was that we have two sides in this emotional brain of ours. And when we understand that the good life is living on the connected side of our emotional brain, It changes everything. And so we have to just build muscle on how to stay in that connected side of our emotional brain versus the disconnected side where head trash lives, anxiety, fear, worry. You know, we don't listen very well when we're in the disconnected side and the problems of our life live and we get stuck in that disconnected side. You know, it is so interesting uh, dumping that head trash. You know, I've got a little thing I do when I start going down that negative rabbit hole and I'll literally just stand up and shake my head and just say, you know, I feel like I'm shaking out the, you know, to your point, shaking out that trash, right? Um, you write a lot about kindness and mm-hmm. that that's a good way, you know, to, to, to stay, you know, um, mentally healthy and so on. You go even deeper though, you say it starts with being kind to yourself Mm-hmm. And that's hard for a lot of people. Help us. How do you how do you coach people through that to start being kind to yourself first? Yeah, I think we're so naturally critical of ourselves. Yeah. Social media certainly hasn't helped us. Uh, and the world has been in kind of an unkind place this uh, last handful of years for us. And so there's so much um, that really made us anxious about who we are and what we can control. And so You know, when I think about kindness, it's really a pattern first thing in the morning that I always suggest to people that how you start your day 
really is indicative of how you will experience your day. And so actually uh, there's five questions that I ask myself every single morning and they help put you in the connected side of your emotional brain and kindness lives in the connected side. So we can be kind to ourselves and then we can actually do things to be kind to other people, like acknowledging their service. I'm on this kick right now that, you know, I fly a lot, I'm in restaurants a lot, and I, I really am intentional about saying, thank you so much for your service today. Um, to help elevate our uh, people, and in giving, we also receive, because there's so much beautiful energy when someone feels acknowledged and valued, and it just comes back in, in waves in my experience. But I do and, think that we, we have to start with where are we each morning? I think that's great advice. And of course, that kindness ritual, inherently, it, it lowers your anxiety levels is what you're saying, yes? Yes. So when I, when I wake up, like I used to wake up and I turn on the news and it would, you know, start to put me in the disconnected side of my emotional (laughs) brain. Like I would not be in a good space or, you know, aspire as a global company. Someone somewhere around the globe did something to piss me off this, you know, overnight. And so if I go right to my email, I'm going into the like, oh, you know, I can't have a moment of peace mindset. And when we have that, our children, we wake up in the morning and there's craziness and we go into the disconnected side. So I start with five questions and I actually captured them in, in what I call the joy journal. And those five questions are, what's my word of the day? And the word of the day goes back to, I think, something Adrian said earlier, which is like very intentional. Like, what is my intention here? Who, who, who do I want to be? So like today, my word of the day was inspire because I'm hanging out with you guys and I hope to inspire people to like really learn to dump their head trash that this is a part of life you can control. And yesterday, my word of the day was productive. Some days, on Sundays, it's usually love because I'm with my family. So it can be anything you want it to be. The second question is, um, what head trash do I need to dump from yesterday? And this is a way, and and as we studied how to get from the disconnected to the connected side of your emotional brain, it's about learning how to own your head trash first. You got to own it so you can shift it. And so that that question allows us to own, what was it about yesterday that didn't work out well? Sometimes the answer is, I didn't have any head trash, which hallelujah, what a great day. (laughs) But other days I got a lot to write, you know, and I, I get it out because it's like anything. Once we get it out, it doesn't control us. It's when it's in our head that we go nuts. The third question is, you know, what did I accomplish yesterday? And this is part of the shift of the process of own it, shift it, dumped it. When we actually can shift and say, okay, well, what did I accomplish yesterday? I can feel good about something. And sometimes I have to, you know, go deep on what I feel like I accomplished. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, it's just like, you know, I did get to my never ending to-do list and I did make progress. And so that's a great question. The fourth question is, what do I really need to accomplish and focus on today? And this puts us in the connected side of our emotional brain. This is, again, a shift, what we call shift question. And so now what happens is when I start to be able to focus, I decrease my emotional stress. And when I start to decrease my emotional stress, I gain clarity. You see, chaos lives in the disconnected side of our emotional brain. But clarity, clarity is where our power kicks in. 
When we have clarity, we take productive action. So that focus, that ability to say, what is it that I need to really deliver on today, really sets us in our power position. And then the last question, which really starts to go back to your original question, Chester, which is how do we be kind to ourselves, is what am I grateful for? And when we acknowledge gratitude, we start to feel different about ourselves, about our lives, about the people that maybe were in our head trash the other day, you know? So I go from head trash about my job and my boss to feeling grateful that I have, you know, I have a great job that I love and maybe my boss annoyed me yesterday, but it's not like I, I actually have gratitude that I'm growing in this job or whatever the gratitude is. And so that really, I believe, you know, I do this every day. And actually, my editor said, you got to write these questions down for people because (laughs) I've been practicing this for so many years that it allows me to just get into a space where by the time I jump in the shower, I'm in I'm in a space where I'm I'm literally can be productive in this bloody shower. You know, (laughs) I'm good for you. Thank you. Well, really, those are great. Those are very helpful and uh, very specific. So the other thing I wanted to ask you about was you you start the the book with saying we each have a big lie. And mine is different than Chester's, different than yours. So how do we identify what really is this? Because a lot of us aren't really that introspective. And then after we identify it, how do we loosen its grip on us? Okay, that is a huge question. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you first the four big lies that we identified that live in the disconnected side of our emotional brain. So this is what's important. These lies don't live in the connected side. When we're in the connected side, we're, we're present, we're aware, we're in our great space. But in the disconnected side, these kind of get in and we all only have one. So the one that triggers us it starts to lead us. And the deeper the anxiety, the more stress we have, the more powerful it can be. So the first lie is I must always be right. The second lie is I must never lose. The third lie is everyone must always love me. And the fourth love is a lie is I must always feel comfortable. Now, So when those lies kick in, of course, emotional stress goes up and the antithesis of clarity, we get chaos. And then the self-talk happens and the head trash kicks in. Now, how do we identify which one? Well, we don't have enough time for me to actually define each one. I'm, I'm happy to do that, but I think there's a lot to them. If you go, you can actually identify it through poweredbyrini.com. You click on resources and you can take the big lie test. It's free. We don't do anything. We don't send you marketing stuff. It's just to help people identify this thing that quietly hooks them. And when it hooks you, ooh, you become that person who then you spend the next two days thinking about who you have to apologize to. (laughs) So... You just take this very quick quiz. The only thing I will tell you about the quiz is you must be in the disconnected side of your emotional brain. Otherwise, the quiz is no good. So you have to get kind of fired up. Like, you know, think about the things that are ticking you off in your life, and then you can take this test because (laughs) it will help you identify the lie, and it will immediately give you an overview of this is what happens for you. 
And in the book, of course, I go into it in more depth where you can really start to understand how to manage this and how to help other people manage their big lie. Now, you don't want to tell someone else their big lie. That only triggers their, you know, their stress and disconnected side of their emotional brain. And I think this is why understanding how our emotional brain works is so important, is that as individuals, as leaders in our world, as leaders in maybe our workplace, because leadership is a behavior, it's not a position, that when we understand that everyone has a big lie, we have empathy, we can start to say, oh, this person, okay, you know, instead of throwing someone into the disconnected side of their emotional brain, we help shift people into the connected side where they're productive, where they're collaborative, where we have creativity and positivity, and, and we can really affect change in a fantastic way. I think I got all those. How about you, Chuck? I, I, I got all those lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking I could probably add three or four more. Actually. Yeah, well, we're 10,000 plus people into this study of these big lies. And we know that, you know, Adrian, if I really tick you off here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could figure you out will which show is my me really, your big lie. Yeah, my yeah. big one. I bet you yeah. could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will tell you, but I will know this is how I can navigate with you because when I understand what your big lie is, I can help shift you to the connected side of your emotional yeah. brain yeah. and allow you to be in your power spot. And imagine the connectivity. Imagine the, the dynamic in an organization that we can change, yet alone at home. You know, I know my husband's big lie, and I know I don't want to trigger it. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. Hey, you know, we've talked about this inner voice already that, you know, it can spiral down on you. And you talk about uh, 29 habits to silence your inner voice that's keeping you stalled. So we don't have time for 29, but give us a couple of your favorites. Well, I'll tell you mine. So what we did to get to the 29, because, you know, the editor of the book said, you know, can't we have 30? Like, what is 29? But we actually had over a thousand people do a study on this, like, what is it that decreases your emotional stress? And that's where the 29 come from. But for me, like in the morning, I do meditate. I, I'm a meditator, I, but I need to have like someone guide me. I have too many little voices in my head to like, um, I'm not very um. And then I do my joy journal work where I answer my five questions and I get myself into the connected side. But I'm a yogi, so I do yoga. It helps me. I, um, or I might hike in the morning. And uh, you know, I also, I have, you know, my new latest thing I love, I have this aura ring. I don't know if you've heard about them, but yeah, they yeah. help you. Oh, I love it. You know, it, it keeps track of your steps and it just raises my awareness about my healthy habits and I can use that. So now, you know, I also like to paint. So that happened to be, I think, in, in towards the end of the 29. But, you know, some people garden to decrease their emotional stress. You know, we found dancing, certainly music. You know, you turn on music on your way to the work, your work, and it sets your tone, you know, versus maybe listening to the news, which sets a different tone, you know. So it really is like to be aware of what are the things that literally bring you joy. And when you know what they are, then when you're not feeling it, you can lean into those things. And so the 29 ways are really what we have found through others, but it's what turns you on. You know, what allows you to play, as you guys have written about, all in, which, by the way, I've been signing off as all in for decades. <laughs> I love that. And, and I think when we play all in, that's in the connected side of our emotional brain. Yeah. 
Mine, just to add to the list, that my go-to is chocolate. Oh, well, <laughs> you hey. do yoga, I do chocolate. Yeah, okay. you got to find what works for you. He's got yeah. a chocolate fountain in his entryway, so it's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how can people learn more about your good work, uh, Rini? Where would you send them? Okay, well, if you go to poweredbyrini, R-E-N-I-E, dot com, you can, you know, Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential, the book is there. You can get it at Amazon. Um, the Joy Journal is also available through Amazon. You can find all kinds of resources at, if you just click on the resource tab and there's a handful of resources. In particular, take a look at the shift questions. They help you shift out of that disconnected side. Um, and then there are also resources at poweredbyaspire.com. You know, one one thing we're we're learning with our clients is you know, we want to move now more to coaching our our people. You talked about leadership, and we want to be more coaches than the old dictatorial manager. So if I'm coaching someone, an employee or a mentor, so what are some things I need to start doing there? Because you talk about this reaching your full potential. That's a that's a big ask. So what can I start doing? Some simple things maybe we've missed so far to help my people reach their full potential in, in coaching. Well, I think the, the most important thing about coaching is listening and really understanding that it's about the chair over there. And what is it that I can do to support this person to become who they want to become? And a lot of times we think we know. Like I make that mistake with my child, you know, like I'll, she just got out of college. I think I know what she should be doing right now, get a job. And <laughs> she decided to become an entrepreneur. Who knows why? Both her parents are entrepreneurs, so she went off and she's doing her thing. And so I just need to be in her dream. And I think that as a coach is it's good for, as a parent, and it also is really great skill. It's easier said than done. Um, and I think the biggest tool of a coach is to ask really important questions, like what's the first thing you want to do towards that? And, and why is that important to you? Or, you know, what resources do you think you need to start to move in that direction? When we start asking really important questions of a person, it shifts them into their power spot in the connected side. You know, I believe that the quality of your life is about the questions you ask yourself because the questions you ask determine like how you, I feel the way I think. And so F comes before T. So when I can be in that powerful space of, of how I feel, I feel powerful, and what I'm thinking about is what I want to do, then my behavior follows it. A lot of times we just, as a coach, we get into the actions that need to happen. Well, it's really about the thoughts that need to happen. And when we start thinking about what we really want, then we can move. And that's why my daughter's, you know, she's doing comfy clothing and she's successful. <laughs> she's a believer. And what else can you ask for? She's got the right thought. She's got the right perspective on it. And she's going for it. And when you, when you can help someone, uh, and by the way, I'm not coaching my daughter. She, she doesn't want my coaching. And I appreciate that. I'm her mama and I'm her greatest fan. That's the job description. But as a coach, the job description is to help someone else navigate and awaken their potential. And when we do that, then they are accountable, not us. Yeah. Because we put yeah. responsibility in the chair over there. And that's really what a great coach does. Perfect. You, you know, you've already shared with us some of your personal practices, you know, your yoga and meditation and so on. Uh, what do you find uh, is, is the most common 
um, practice that you see people go to. For example, we had a guest that said, you know, walking, you know, and being in nature is, is a real go-to for a lot of people. So I'm curious, over and above your personal practices, have you seen one or two things that, that work for a lot of people that you want to share with us? Wow. I, I honestly think that it, now this is just in my experience, but it's how you start your day. Okay. That the practice of how you start your day. And I always, as a coach, I, I start with, you know, what are the habits in your life? This is the second piece I would say after starting your day. What are the habits in your life that are serving you? And what are the habits in your life that are not serving you? And if you go back to the model of own it, shift it, dump it, that when you own the habits that are not serving you and you just start to shift them a little bit, you don't have to, you know, the book Atomic Habits, I love that book because it's all about, you know, a little bit takes you where you end, you know, really want to go versus, you know, you try and become a runner. Well, as we talked earlier, I'm from Philly. The only time I run is when someone is chasing me. <laughs> like I am not a runner. So if someone said to me, Rini, you need to start your day running. I'd be like, I'd be failing all the time, or you need to start your day hiking, or you need to start your day walking. It really is about like, what is the thing that you like to do to start your day? You know, and, and, and avoid chaos. You know, if I, you know, when I get up earlier, when Bella was young, I would try and pack too much in. And by the time I was, you know, serving her breakfast, I was a complete maniac. So I was naturally throwing her into the disconnected side of her emotional brain. Like, why would I want to send my child off to school in the disconnected side where she's all stressed out and worried? And like, you know, it's hard enough being a kid. And when I started to realize and, and tone back and get up 30 minutes earlier and give myself a little runway and get it together and plan the night before and just do those little bitty habits, all of a sudden... Her, my day was different than her day was different and way, you know, yeah. then our evening was different. Excellent. The way, yeah, the way we kick things off, so important. Thanks for that reminder. Hey, this has been such a great conversation. Uh, Rini, give us a couple of takeaways, uh, something maybe we haven't even touched on that you'd like our listeners to leave with today from your important work, uh, you know, how we dump our head trash. Give us something inspiring to leave here with. Well, I would just say that, you know, we, we are human beings and we do want to control. Like people say all the time, well, such and such is a control freak. And my response is everybody's a control freak. It's just, <laughs> what do you want to control, Chester, versus what I want to control? And right. so when you're controlling something that I don't care about, I go, huh, he's a control freak. But really, the only thing we control is, is our own selves. And the first thing we have to get our arms around is this crazy emotional brain of ours. And when we can learn to really decrease our emotional stress and shift our brain to that connected side, that's how we have our personal power. Everything else is helpful, but we have to really start with ourselves. Wonderful, wonderful advice. Well, our guest is Rini. You know, I, I want Rini is such a great name. You've got to be up there with like share. Instantly. It's just Rini. It's just Rini. Okay. She, she's the author of a wonderful book, Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential, available at fine bookstores everywhere. Follow her on LinkedIn and all those great places and, and engage with her. I, we all carry around way too much 
head trash, no doubt about it. Thank you so much for, for finding the time and sharing your wisdom with us. Rini, it has been a delight. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Adrian, head trash. What a great conversation. And not applicable to you and me at all. No, no head trash. I have absolutely none. nothing in there. There's yeah. absolutely nothing. I mean, you could bounce a ping pong ball around in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> head trash, empty head. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, really an interesting metaphor. And I think one that can resonate with everybody. Yeah. But we've got those negativities. And, and the things that she shared with us, you know, a couple of my takeaways were how you start your day, yeah. how important that is. And, and find the way to start your day. You know, she said, look, I'm yeah. not a runner. I'm not going to start my day running. I'll fail miserably. Uh, and you made the good point. Look, if, get that one thing done. If I can just get to the shower, yeah. you know, I just yeah. get started. I thought that was a great takeaway for me. Start your day in a really positive way and get rid of that head trash. Well, and we encourage our, the people we coach to do this as well. Just ask yourself some questions. You know, hers were, what's my word of the day, which I love. You know, it's like, today I'm going to be kind. Today I'm going to be grateful. Whatever it is. You know, what am I going to dump? What am I going to, what did I accomplish yesterday? What do I want to do today? Um, and what am I grateful for? Simple questions and people go, oh, those are, you know, in a way, ah, oh, it's just too simple. No, it's really not. It's profound in that if you do it, it can be genius for you. Right. And this idea of being connected with people, you know, asking good questions, listening, you know, how often do we hear that? We've all, yeah. you know, the challenge for all of us really is to be better listeners. The questions are great. If you don't listen, it, it doesn't matter. That connected and disconnected part of the brain. Just some really simple uh, ways to Absolutely. look at things that I thought were very helpful. And, you know, and, and really important, she says, look, well, there are four lies, main lies, we tell ourselves, <laughs> yeah. and which, which is your big lie. I must always be right. I must never lose. Everyone always has to love me. I must never be uncomfortable. Well, right. yeah, which is it? And, and chances are that lie is keeping you from achieving all that you want to. So we need to be a little bit more introspective and, and see what is our big lie and maybe be a little honest and ask. If you don't know, ask somebody who loves you. Yeah, they'll, they'll, if they really love you, they'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. I, I just so appreciated her her take on kindness and gratitude, that those were great ways to stay connected, to value people, and a great way to start your day. That was yeah. that was my last big takeaway. So, what, what was what was your big finale, Adrian? And I think you're right. Yeah, the the how we begin our day is is so important. You know, do we begin with the doom scroll? Oh, gee, what happened last night <laughs> at the, the, you know, the debate or, or what happened last night with my, with my favorite politician or my least favorite? We do this. And it's, it's just leading us to such a negative place as people, as a country. It's like, and as a world, stop it. Let's, yeah. let's start with positivity. What can I accomplish? And who am I grateful for? I love that. Yeah, the word of the day. What a great, what a great uh, yeah. way to set yourself up for success. Well, talking about you know gratitude and, and kindness, we, we are so grateful for our wonderful producer uh, Brent Klein. Takes the mess that we give him and makes it sound great. <laughs> and to Christy Lawrence, who finds all our wonderful and amazing guests like Rini. If you've liked the podcast, you know, please share it with friends and family. We, we hope it, there'll be a ripple effect of goodness to lower people's anxiety levels and, and make them more connected, as, as, as Rini says. Uh, visit thecultureworks.com. We've got a lot of free resources there to help you and your teams thrive. 
and pick up a copy of Anxiety at Work, the best-selling book from Gostick and Hilton. And know that we love speaking to audiences around the world, virtually or in person, on topics such as culture, teamwork, and resilience. So give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about your event. And until next time, I'm going to give Chess you the last word. Uh, let's send us all off on a positive note. Yeah, my last word is the word for the day should be gratitude. Let's uh, lower our anxieties with the word gratitude. And hope you have a great rest of your day. And we hope to see you back here at the podcast sometime soon. Cheers. Cheers.